So using a soccer or, or football analogy, you know, you will need strikers, midfielders and defenders and goalkeepers. That, that's, that's the idea. You need a team that will be balanced. Thank you for joining us for part two of our interview with European money manager Diego Perillo. If you haven't yet watched part one of our discussion with Diego, in which he explains why he sees the world's central banks as increasingly challenged to preserve market stability as stagflation and volatility heat up from here, head over to our channel at youtube.com Wealthion and watch it there first. It sets the context for the investment perspective that Diego and our partners at New Harbor Financial share in this video. Oh, and if you haven't yet, don't forget to subscribe to this channel by clicking on the red subscribe button below, as well as the little bell icon right next to it. And now let's get to part two of our interview with Diego Perillo. And so effectively this, uh, this concept of anti-bubble, uh, which I think it's, it's now uh, being widely uh, understood and, and accepted is, is powerful in, in multiple ways and allows us, it gives us you know, a, a tool to try to, to build portfolios in, in this highly artificial world. So with that, I go to the last part of your question, which is a very <laughs> lo loaded question, which is how do we build a team? And, and I'm gonna tie it up with uh, my, my comments on risk and, and, uh, and uh, inflation. So using a soccer or, or football analogy, you know, you will need strikers, midfielders, and defenders and goalkeepers. That, that's, that's the idea. You need a team that will be balanced. And so on the striker side, you could think of assets like equities or credit or others, right? What's the difference between them? The key difference between them is whether you're long inflation or short inflation. And here, part of the problem in my view and, and something to avoid is strategies that are short inflation, such as cash, fixed income, or credit. So put it differently. In a risk-on world where things are going well, equities are doing well, credit's doing well, if inflation is super high, the $100 that your bond will pay you back, your AT&T bond, you know, that will give you $100 back in 10, 20, 30 years, are going to buy you nothing. <laughs> so even if you made money in nominal terms, you lost big time in real terms. So in my view, the strikers should be favored to some sort of equity, okay, relative to, to credit. On the midfielders, I think you want to favor real assets clearly to cash or you know un uncorrelated strategies. And on the defenders, and this is slightly different in the US, okay, but in Europe it's very clear. You favor anti-bubbles like gold or volatility to fixed income. When your bonds, when your bond, the German bond, it's already at negative nominal yields all the way out 30 years, the room for the bond to defend is very limited. Okay, uh, unless you go deeply into negative nominal uh, yields. And this is why, I, for those who follow soccer, uh, uh, there's a famous, uh, uh, a legendary player in Germany called Beckenbauer. And I called the Bund Beckenbauer because he was a great defender 30 years ago, not, not anymore. And, and that's the dynamic that we're feeling. So I think you want to build a portfolio uh, on the on the risk side, you want to have. I, I think you need to favor equities to credit. 
On the midfielder, I think you want to favor income, real, you know, real assets with income. And on the uh, uh, defender side, I think you want to favor things like gold or uh, volatility. And you basically want to avoid uh, things like cash, credit, or, or fixed income. Although, as I said, in the US, you know, the, the, the nominal yields are still high enough that there's plenty of room for upside, especially in the 30-year. And if you think about them in uh, also with the room for inflation, you know, like tips, I think it could it could be interesting. So the, the US fixed income still has some juice left in Europe or Japan or Switzerland. Uh, that situation is more dire. And why I think, you know, the owning asymmetry on the defender side through other assets like gold is superior to fixed income. All right, uh, that was excellent, Diego, thank you. And if you don't mind, I just wanna recap real briefly to make sure I, I got the notes right. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna use your striker midfielders and defenders analogy here. Um, when you say strikers and you say favor equity over debt, um, do you sort of look at it as a striker as a risk on um, long inflation play? So in other words, like if the Fed is successful in doing what it's trying to do, these are the companies that are gonna benefit from that? Yeah, strikers are strategies that are risk on. They do well if the world does well. The inflation side, it's, a, it's an additional consideration. Not all strikers will do well with high inflation. inflation. So okay, your at and bonds will pay you your money back. Therefore, they made money in nominal terms, but they did very, very poorly in real terms with very high inflation. Right, right, right. But like the... Um the arcs of the world are gonna do well uh, in, in that risk on world. Not that I'm saying that that's necessarily the striker you wanna put in your portfolio, but it's, 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 those are the types of companies that'll benefit from the risk on environment. Um, the ones that have been benefiting pretty well over the past couple of years. You, you want to, I think this, this is the, what Ray Dalio would call empty three assets. You want uh, assets, strikers that will do well in a highly inflationary environment. And, and you need to look for which ones those will be. They will benefit from the monetary and fiscal stimuli, and, and there are uh, many, many you could look at. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. So then the midfielders, you say real assets with income. Um, so, I mean, this could be like an individual buying, a, you know, real estate to rent out and, and get an income stream from that. Uh, in the markets themselves, would this be like buying like commodity producers that pay dividends? Yeah, it could well be as well. Um, absolutely. I think you, you want stuff that is you cannot print. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Th things things uh, you cannot print are, are real assets, are commodities, etc. Uh, we need to be a little bit careful sometimes with the commodity uh, equity because in a, in a funny way, some people think about, let's say, gold miners as a call option on gold. And that is true, except that there's additional risks that we all know, but in particular, there's some wrong way exposure with respect to taxation, expropriation, and nationalization. So uh, when oil, for example, was at 140, 150 bucks, uh, you know, uh, production sharing agreements had 99% taxes. With oil at those levels, assets were being expropriated. And even we had extreme cases like Repsol in Argentina, where the, the company was, was nationalized. nationalized. So, in, 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 we need to be a little bit careful between the difference between the commodity and the, and the equity, whereas, yes, I agree they're a call option, but it has a knockout feature. 
and also all sorts of potential basis risks that include taxes or storage or many other things that make the picture more complicated. But generally, you want things by midfielders, I mean, things that are less directionally driven with lower beta per se, uh, that even alpha long short strategies could be great. Okay, if you if you have the right uh, the right uh, source, is uncorrelated alpha. But I think when you think about parking your money with cash, for, you know, in the short term it can make sense. In the medium long term, you really you really suffer from that. And so I think the the real estate and land, especially with some sort of income, is is favored. Okay, great. And then in defenders, that's the true anti bubbles, right? And you listed gold. Yeah. You've already talked a lot about volatility. So having volatility there basically is a hedge on the portfolio. Um, okay, so if, if that's all sort of a correct understanding, given how you see the landscape right now, how are you allocating the Quadriga portfolio uh, amongst these three? Is it an even third in each? Or are you more weighted towards your strikers or your anti-bubbles? Yeah, so we have um, the Quadriga is, is a 1.8 billion asset and wealth manager. I'm managing partner and I run one of the largest uh, strategies. And we have two main uh, solutions, okay? So we have individual players, literally. <laughs> so I run one of them. I happen to run a strategy that is the goalkeeper, okay? I'm the, the defender. But we also have other strategies. So for example, we, uh, I'm very proud that uh, a former colleague of mine at, at Goldman and Merrill, former head of prop trading has recently joined us, Christian Tum. He's an equity long short guy. So he's more of an offensive midfielder, okay? So we have all these individual pieces available. So investors could come in and say, well, I have a great striker, but I like this goalkeeper or the other way around. Now we have a separate, so my strategy of anti-bubbles is primarily precious metals, US treasuries and tips and options. And I have 50% in precious metals, 30% in treasuries and tips and 20% in options. But that 20% in options is invested in stuff that on average could pay 10, 15 to one. So it's extraordinary. We only buy options. So that 20%, you know, I was the best performing hedge fund in the world in February last year. And one of the best throughout the crisis. We're up 10% in February, 19 in March, about 45% in the quarter. So we did this partially because even if I was long gold and treasuries, which fell during that period, gold particularly, things like call options on the VIX or calls on the dollar, which are also defenders, did extremely well. And the optionality that we have there is super asymmetric. The, the second way in which people can invest in our funds is through investing in the entire team. And that entire team is called Quadriga Stable Return. But anyway, that's sort of fun that if anybody's interested in discussing further or learning more about the strategy, we could we could do that. Well, a bit thanks. too technical for the average crowd. Yeah, but, <laughs> but thanks, Sergey. I mean, we, uh, on this program, we're, we really beat a drum that that this market is so much more complicated than the market that many viewers sort of you know grew up with, and uh, we're in such a treacherous time right now where there's so little margin for error of, of the Fed trying to drive things here. Um, that we could have, you know, some of these downdrafts at any moment in time, like you said. So we we really do recommend that people, wherever possible, work under the guidance, supervision, partnership of professional financial advisors like you and your team, um, because the average person you know, kind of gets the strategy of what you're recommending about 
building the team and rebalancing and all that stuff, but, but they don't have the experience uh, or the, the bandwidth uh, to do so in many cases. And so to work with somebody who just is a specialist in that, you know, we think that's really the much better way to go. All right, so uh, I'm looking at my list of questions here, Diego. We're coming up on the hour mark and I don't even know if I got halfway through it. So I'd love <laughs> to have you back on at some point to dig into these other um, questions that I have here. But in, in the meantime, um, for people who have enjoyed this conversation uh, and would like to follow you, learn more about you and your work and whatnot, where should they go? Well, they can, they can reach out in, via Twitter. Uh, just follow me uh, at Parilla Diego, Parilla with double R and double L, and Diego, like San Diego, or uh, in via LinkedIn. Um, I got a lot of people connecting through LinkedIn, and we have a, a distribution list and monthly calls. So I'm, I'm generally very happy to, to, for people to come in and, and exchange views and stuff. And uh, yeah, so that we can, if they're interested in, in, in reaching out, they can, and I can send them, my team will send them more information about what we do and, and if and how it might be a good fit to, to what they're trying to achieve. Fantastic. So when we edit this, Diego, I'll put up your Twitter handle on the screen there so folks can easily find their way to that. Um, well, thank you so much. You've, you've given us um, just a, a massive uh, you know, download of uh, just wonderful insight and really some, some great frameworks, I think, that we're going to continue to talk about in this program going forward because I think they're really useful. Thank you so much for all your time. Thanks for staying up later in the day, uh, your time there in Spain, and um, really look forward to having you on this program again in the future. It's been my absolute pleasure, and thank you for waking up so early too, <laughs> so we can my make pleasure. it work. But uh, anyway, have uh, uh, everybody good luck, stay healthy, and I look forward to continuing the dialogue. Thank you a lot. All right, John and Mike. Well, as we do every week, let's uh, first unpack what uh, Diego had to say, and then let's turn our eyes briefly to what the markets have done since last week's video. Um, Mike, why don't I start with you? Um, what's your general reaction to Diego's uh, perspective there? Yeah, let me just say a few words, Adam, and then then I will get to what the what the market has done, which is essentially more of the same of what it's been doing. Um, really enjoyed that. Diego talked a lot about um, you know some of the same things that we're, we're we're concerned about. One thing that he he mentioned that I wanted to highlight and bring up again is the duration of the stock market is long, fifty years. I mean, I think he said the Nasdaq has a fifty year duration. We think it might even be higher. You know, there's some there's some different ways to measure that, but you know, basically a duration means, you know, it's a measure of cash flow and the net present value of cash flow type things. It's a calculation that the bond market often uses. And people are saying that, well, the S&P or the NASDAQ is cheap relative to interest rates. It's not really true. You know, when you take a look at the duration of the market, it's, um, there's a lot more risk embedded in a long duration asset because a small change in interest rates changes the net present value a lot. So it's just another way of saying that the risk is extremely high. Um, also liked how we talked about, you know, categorizing different positions, strikers, midfielders, and defenders. You know, he talked about having gold and volatility. Uh, we certainly agree with that. We're big believers in gold bullion, uh, holding it personally, if possible, plus gold miners and silver miners. Volatility is interesting. You know, volatility right now is around 17 on the VIX. It could easily go to 100 in, in the span of even a few, a, a few weeks, maybe a few days, but probably more like a few weeks if that happened. Um, you know, last year it got 
I think it got close to 100 during the coronavirus time time frame. And I think Diego was saying that if you hold VIX, you know, you can get a lot of bang for, for a little bit of cost in terms of premium. It's hard to hold VIX. It's very hard. You just have to accept bleeding money for quite a while. I'm not sure exactly how he's doing it, but he's probably just buying call options on the VIX and rolling them every month. You know, we, we could see that as a viable strategy, potentially, as long as you write off that money and say, well, I'm going to just spend a couple percent a year or whatever it is on VIX call options. You know, it, it's a viable strategy, um, something that John and I talk about, never have implemented anything like that. We certainly understand that strategy. Could also do some kind of bull um, spread on VIX where you buy one VIX call option and sell another one deeper out of the money. It's probably beyond the scope of this talk to, to tell people how to do that. But it's, it's, it's certainly something that could make sense. I guess, lastly, as a defensive move, you could just buy puts on the S&P as well, uh, except buying calls on the VIX might, might have a little more juice to it. So that makes sense. Um, lastly, I guess I'd say, and I'll let uh, you kind of John chime in on things that I mentioned here, but he thought maybe there, was, there would be a trade in 30-year bonds, even though that rates are low here in the United States. They're still higher relative to the rest of the world. And, and we have a position, about a 10% allocation to U.S. Treasury bonds, you know, longer term, 20 plus year bonds. And that's more for a short term trade for us. So certainly we agree with that. I think that we probably hold more cash than Diego agrees with. But, um, you know, we, we, we can't we certainly wouldn't want to have to say that we have to match on anything. But we have a lot in common with what he said. Great, John, fire away. Yeah, I'd love to pick up uh, the, the the baton on the uh, the duration point that uh, that Diego and then Mike uh, talked about. It's a kind of a you know a little bit of an esoteric concept for the layperson. It's a it's actually very um, analytically uh, you know a correct framework for investment managers to think about things. But I'd like to kind of translate to the layperson what what that means. Um, you know, duration is is kind of a measure of the, the length of time to get your 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 return um, from an asset, right? Um, the longer the duration, the longer it is to get, get that return, basically, right? And um, when you think about individuals, families, couples, you know, as we work with, that's, that's who our clients are, you think about timeframes, you, you, you know, common question for a financial advisors to ask their clients is, what is your timeframe? What is your timeframe for needing these funds? And, you know, when you get a situation where the stock market is priced with a quote unquote duration of 50, 60 years, like it is now in, in, in many buckets, that's the equivalent of saying that, you know, you better not need this money for 50 or 60 years, right? So it's so a long-term, if, if one's gonna call themselves a long-term investor, they better be thinking really, really long-term. In fact, longer term than most people's life expectancy would likely be in retirement. That's what happens when valuations get as stretched as they are right now. The risk inherent and the return a modest return embedded in, in things like stocks create a situation where the time frame is oftentimes way longer than the reality of the time frame of, of the investor. And I, I hope that helped bring to a, a practical level what we mean by duration, because that's really what it means from a practical standpoint. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I thought Diego painted a really nice broad construct of, you know, um, I think he properly, you know, acknowledged the, um, almost the entrapment that the, the uh, policies over the last decade have created that you know every every successive minor shock has to be met with even more of, of um, rescue kind of stimulus um, and you know that 
quite likely, you know, inflation can, can, can be an issue. And, and we're seeing some of that start to, we've talked about that, you know, pretty, pretty intently over the last several episodes of, of these videos. Um, yeah, and uh, the, the one final point I make, and he did acknowledge that when you look at, you know, apples to apples, the stock market relative to longer term bonds, which is really the, the better comparison, the stock market is, is overpriced relative to even those longer term bonds. But the added point I would make is those bonds themselves are overpriced relative to their fundamental and historically. Yeah. So it's kind of like comparing a you know $150,000 Honda Accord to $160,000 Toyota Corolla and saying one is better value than the others. It's just, you know. They're both crazy totally, overpriced. <laughs> exactly. So just a couple random comments there. Yeah, no, that, that that's a great analogy, guys. Um, well, look, uh, I'll let you guys comment on what the market has done over the past week. Um, to my side eye, as I've been busy preparing for the conference, it looks like it hasn't done all that much. It's sort of been trickling back up again. Um, but I, I do want to note that, um, you know, Diego talked about um, both his midfielders and defenders were really natural resource plays for the most part. You know, he said, hey, uh, he really likes real assets with income. Those are his midfielders. And then for defenders, he likes the anti-bubbles which are, you know, hard assets like gold. And um, I know that, you know, you guys at New Harbor have a pretty good position in gold. It's one of the few areas where you're, you've got a real long position. And um, I just want to note that um, over the past bunch of these weekly videos that we've done, we've heard again and again, uh, these experts come back, most of them to recommending the precious metal space in some way, shape or form whether it's because they're concerned about inflation, whether like last week with Rick Rule, the natural resources investor, um, because he knows the actual geological data and is saying, look, there's just a lot less coming out of the ground these days, particularly because of underinvestment in the space for the past, going past the past, past couple of decades. Um, and then you have people like Bill Fleckenstein, you know, who are saying, hey, you know, these, uh, these commodity producers, particularly in the precious metal space, uh, they are better positioned than he's seen them for much, if not all, of his investing career. And you know, he said he loves buying them because you can still buy them at 1980s valuation levels today, which you can't say about any other asset. And, and where I'm going with this is when you see people from all different disciplines uh, who have different methodologies for arriving at their conclusions, but they're arriving at the same conclusion, it's really compelling. It's really a time to sort of step, uh, sit up and take notice and say, okay, look, there's a lot of different paths that are getting to the same destination here, that means that that destination is probably quite likely to actually, you know, be reality based or be like more likely to happen. Um, so uh, I just want to paint that target because uh, we're going to talk in it for a second about the uh, in a second about the upcoming conference, uh, Wealthy on Conference on June 5th. I've been meeting with some of the speakers, seeing their presentations, and they think very similarly too. So Mike, let me let me flip it over to you there. But um, uh, anything you want to say about kind of all roads seemingly beginning to lead to gold here, and then tell us anything notable that the market's done in the past week? Well, the speculation in this market is just relentless, and it comes in waves and waves and waves. And just when you think it might be over, it keeps coming back. It's just, it's it's the biggest bubble ever, or at least the biggest bubble during my lifetime and all of our lifetimes, I think, probably people that are alive today. You know, just take AMC Entertainment, for instance, you know, the movie theater stock. It's basically gone from 12 to... 30 you know close at 26 in one week almost tripled you know it's like it's like uh eight, eight six or eight times more valuable than it was 
you know, a year ago. Uh, it's and if you take a look at GameStop, it's up again, taken off again. Right. And, and sorry, while- just, just just to note though, for AMC, like the main business for that company has basically been shuttered for the past year. <laughs> I know it's just, it's but, just but it's all wild speculation. Valuable. It's crazy, you know. <laughs> but meanwhile, SPACs, um, special pur- pur- you know, pur- 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 uh, purpose access vehicles. Sorry, I can't speak. Um, have rolled over in a big way, and. You know, at the same time, you know, uh, new issues, new issuances of IPOs have mostly dried up and Bitcoin lost half its value in the span of two weeks. It's since bounced back towards 40,000, regaining some of that. But just what that's what I mean by this rolling speculation that just kind of goes in waves and waves and seemingly it's relentless. It's probably signs of a topping market, but it is relentless. Uh, The market itself has drifted higher in the last week. The S&P is right at its all time high you know, um, maybe up 50 points on the week. Bond yields are pretty pretty steady. Uh, VIX is around 17, isn't saying anything really that special. Um, Not a lot to report other than just the waves of speculation that we keep seeing going from pocket to pocket to pocket in the market. All right. Well, thanks for that recap, Mike. Um, And I hate to say it, uh, you know, I, I can see your frustration in this market sort of refusal uh, to bend to gravity uh, and to at least you know let any of the speculation uh, out. Uh, preparing for this conference that's coming up, um, you know David Hunter is one of the speakers there. You're really not going to like to hear uh, what he has to say in the short term because okay. uh, he still sees this melt up um, basically going parabolic before it then has a massive collapse. Um, you know over over 65 percent. Um, uh, and if you want to know the reasons why, go, go come uh, see the conference. Um, but uh, he does see it getting even nuttier before that happens. Um, so, gents, let's just remind folks here that you will be co-hosting with me Wealthion's first ever inaugural uh, online conference, which is going to be uh, a week from this Saturday. So that'll be June 5th. It's going to be an all-day event where we're going to have um, really the top experts in money and the markets uh, peering into their crystal balls and telling us what they think is coming ahead. Uh, We're going to start the day with Lacey Hunt, followed by Grant Williams and Stephanie Pomboy. Uh, We'll then have David Hunter, as I mentioned. We'll have uh, Lynn Alden. We'll have Rolling Stone's Matt Taibbi. Um, We'll have Mike Maloney talk about the precious metals. We'll also have a bonus presentation from uh, Jeff Clark talking about precious metals miners. Uh, We're going to have Edward Hargraves talking about um, uh, investing in farmland. Uh, we've got uh, the real estate guys, uh, Russell Gray and Robert Helms presenting on uh, real estate as an investment. Um, so if you are trying to make sense of these markets and what's likely to come ahead, and I tell you, almost all of these uh, macro analysts see a lot more volatility coming ahead in the next couple of quarters. So the tranquility that's been so frustrating for so many of us, they see is ending quite soon. Um, If you want to find out what they see coming and hear their recommendations on what investors should be doing today to position to both protect and and preserve capital, um, but also take advantage of the trends that they see coming. And they do see some like once in a generation type uh, opportunities coming forward. Uh, Go to Wealthion.com slash conference to learn more about the event. And if you want to register, you can do so there. I will let folks know that uh, we're recording this on Friday, uh, May 27th. And uh, the early bird price discount for the conference ends on May 31st, so on Monday. So you only have a couple of days to get lock in that early bird price. 
Um, so if you're thinking about coming, definitely sign up for it before the end of the day on Monday. Um, and with that said, John and Mike, guys, thanks so much for uh, not only joining me for all these weekly uh, interviews, but for being my, uh, my co-pilots on this, coming, uh, this, this upcoming conference. Um, as we wrap things up real quickly here, folks, I, I basically just have uh, a couple quick asks for you. you know, check out the conference. Um, and uh, if you, uh, you know, have not sat down and given thought to how your current financial uh, portfolio and, and entire uh, you know, personal financial situation um, is positioned and well-prepared for a correction of the status quo, now is the time to do it. And if you've got a good financial advisor you're working with who understands all the risks that Mike and John and Diego and I have been talking about in this video, great, work with them, but work with a good professional. And if you don't have one or having trouble finding one, consider talking to the guys at New Harbor Financial, Mike and John and their team, they will offer a consultation to you for free. There's absolutely no strings attached. There's no requirements to work with them. They just want people to be better positioned so that if indeed, uh, the market's correct uh, to the extent that these guys think it could, uh, that they're trying to get as many people positioned for safety before that happens as possible. If that's of interest to you, stick around at the end of the video. We tell you how to schedule one of those consultations. It only takes you a couple of seconds. And as we wrap up here, if you enjoy these videos and want to hear more discussions from experts like Diego and all the others I mentioned, if you haven't subscribed to this channel yet, please click the subscribe now button below to do so, as well as the little bell icon right next to it. And if you want to find out who's going to be our future guests on this program, just follow me on Twitter at, at Menlo Bear. And with that, John and Mike, guys, thanks so much for another great week. Thanks a lot, Adam. We look forward to uh, the next one and certainly the, the conference on the 5th. Have a great one. Great holiday, too. Thanks again for another uh, great time. Adam, we'll see you soon. All right. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. Same to you. If you'd like to schedule a consultation with one of the financial advisors at New Harbor Financial, simply go to Wealthion.com. These consultations are completely free and there are no strings attached. The good folks at New Harbor will simply answer any questions you have about your investment goals or your portfolio and give you their best advice given their latest market outlook. They're willing to do this because they care about protecting people's wealth. And because Wealthion has connected them with so many thoughtful investors just like you over the past decade. We started doing this because so many people have approached us in frustration, looking for a solution because they're feeling out of alignment or downright ridiculed by the standard financial advisors who have been managing their money. You know the type. The kind that just pushes all of your money into the market, scoffs at the idea of owning gold, and when you bring up concerns about the market's sky-high valuations, they say, don't worry, the market will always take care of you. For many of the reasons discussed in today's video, we think this is one of the most challenging and treacherous times in history for investing. We strongly believe that today's investors are best served working in partnership with a conscientious professional financial advisor who understands the risks in play. Now, we're agnostic which professional advisor you work with, as long as they're good. If you're already working with one, that's fantastic. Stick with them. But if you don't, or are having trouble finding one you respect or trust, then consider talking to John and Mike and the team at New Harbor. Now, for those about to ask, yes, there's a business relationship between Wealthion and New Harbor, which we put in place to make sure everything is handled according to SEC regulations. All the details on this are clearly provided on the Wealthion.com website. Also, it's important to note that New Harbor is able to work with U.S. citizens, green card holders, 
and those with existing assets in the USA, but for regulatory reasons, they aren't able to take on non-US clients. All right, with all that said, if you'd like some insight and guidance on how to protect your wealth during this unprecedented time in the markets, go to Wealthion.com to schedule your free consultation with the good folks at New Harbor. Thanks for watching. Thank you.